your appointment in God. And I don't know how, how often it happens to you where you're reading the word and, um, and you just get stuck. You just get stuck in part of the scripture and you, you meditate on it and you're thinking about it and you're praying about it. And what, what on earth are you saying? This sounds very, very strange. And as you know, we're going through Acts. And in chapter 13, it would be great, uh, Acts chapter 13, it would be great if you had your Bibles. And verse, verse 49, 48, I read this. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. That's very strange. What does that mean? All those that were appointed to eternal life believed. Who, who's appointed to eternal life? Am I appointed to eternal life? And what does it mean to be appointed? I mean, if you are appointed in the secular world, you appointed to a post. You are appointed to, um, to run this company, or you appointed to be a director, or you, uh, you're appointed. It means you've got a position, and somebody appoints you. But you have been appointed, not everybody, you've been appointed to do that job. Have we all been appointed? Because at first reading, this seems to say that some were appointed to eternal life because as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. So that got me studying. And that's what I want to bring to you. But let's go back. What is the whole context of this? In Acts thirteen thirty nine, just before, um, Paul and the disciples were in Antioch. That is Antioch in Asia, not Antioch in further down, and where, where, Paul, was, um, where Paul was born. And they were in Antioch, and he had just gone through most of that chapter preaching to the Jews in the synagogue. And he says in, in, verse, in verse 39, uh, therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you for the f forgiveness of sins, and by him everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could be justified. No, let me read this properly. And by him everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. We cannot be justified by the law of Moses. And the Jews were thinking that they could be justified by this. Beware, therefore, lest what has been spoken in the prophets come upon you. Behold, you despise, you marvel and perish. I work a work in your day. 
a work which you shall by no means believe, though one were to declare it to you. Although we declare it to you, you don't believe it. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. David, you tell us, where were the Gentiles? Were they in the synagogue listening to this? My goodness, you can imagine. You know, sometimes we just glance over things. The Gentiles begged that these words be preached to them the next Sabbath. So Paul and the Jews came out and he was mobbed. He was mobbed by the Gentiles because they were hearing what was going on. You could hear. They was, what is this wonderful word? They begged them to hear it. Now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas who were speaking to them and persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Now, it's, it's a thing that we know very well in this church, that the law of Moses is not going to save us. And many of the Jews in that, in that um, synagogue, as we have heard, they were persuaded that the grace of God will save them. Not the law of Moses. But when the Jews saw the multitudes that were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming, they opposed the things spoken by Paul. Oh my goodness. Blaspheming. We've just, not, not we, they have sat in the synagogue, listening and worshiping God and doing all these wonderful things, they step outside and they swear and blaspheme and the evil enviness comes out of them. What? This is not what you do on Sunday. Well, Saturday, sorry, Saturday. This is not what you do out of the synagogue. That is a typical picture of religion. The law, and what does Paul tells us? The law kills. They were living in this death of law, trying to please God, and then when this light come in, came in, and this wonderful word, and seeing this multitude of people coming and wanting that word, jealousy drew came up out of them and they blasphemed and drove them out of, the, out of the city. Then Paul and Barnabas drew, grew bold and said, It was necessary that the God should be spoken to you first, but since you reject it and judge yourself unworthy of everlasting life, behold... We turn to the Gentiles. Do you read that? Because you judge yourself unworthy of everlasting life. I have never ever heard anything said in, in a reaction to blaspheming. And jealousy and envy. He told them, you have judged yourself unworthy. 
folks. Because of the condemnation of the devil and some things that we get into, how often do we, how does it say here? Judge. How often do we judge ourselves unworthy of something good that God has for you? It is the biggest enemy of the devil to bring condemnation upon yourself. You, I am unworthy to receive this promise of God. But that comes out of religion. And that comes out of not knowing the grace of God properly. Do we need to talk about this again? Yes, we do. The Holy Spirit thinks so. So for the Lord has commanded us. I, this is Paul saying, the Lord has commanded this, and he quotes from, Psalm, from um, the Old Testament. I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad. Here's a Jew saying, God has told us to be the light to the world, to the Gentiles. Folks, we are the light to the Gentiles. And you know what you see, and we prayed about it just now, what is all over our TV screens these days? You are seeing the work of a very evil devil. Supernatural battle is going on over there. Do not think that this is one party against another. Do not think that this is one religion against another. That is where we get it wrong. One nation against another. No, it's not. The devil wants to kill anything to do with God. And Israel and the people of Israel are the center of that for the Middle East. That is where the war is raging. Raging. Raging to the point of, of despicable demonic activity. Nobody, no person, no father, no brother, no son can take a baby and decapitate it. Nobody can do that except they are demonically inspired, blinded by hate and everything that comes from the devil. And I'm so sad that innocent children are taught to hate in, in Palestine. It is, it is so sad because of a, an, this lie that people have, that, that God, that their God, or my God, or me, I've got to look after myself, and therefore... I'll attack everything else. But our God is massive. Our God is, is for everybody, as we read here. And unfortunately, so many judge themselves unworthy to receive everlasting life. Let that not be from us. But it comes out of the law. And I just want to quickly touch on this and make sure that we don't get into this. And I want us to have an exercise afterwards. 
where we actually talk about this. Am I judging situations under the law or under grace? Do I really understand what God is saying? Now, you've heard about Calvinism, and I'm sure you've all heard of Tulip. Who's not heard of Tulip? Everyone's heard of Tulip. Oh, a few there. Okay. It is an uh, uh, anagram to describe what Calvinism, which is um, um, brought into the world by Calvin in the 1500s. And it was adopted as, as, as how to explain the, um, the things that we see around us. And why do some people get saved and one pe- some people don't? And it was an explanation to that. We don't buy into that, just to tell you right up front. But do we slip into some of these things when we are thinking? Because if we come under the law, we will find death and there will be destruction. TULIP stands for the five main precepts of, of Calvinism. T, total depravity. By the fall of man, every part of us is stained by sin. Is that true? It, it's okay, you can say something and the, uh, there's no prize or anything at the end. Do you think that's true? Yes, it is. We can agree with that one. All right? What about the next one? You. Unconditional election. God chooses who will be saved as we are incapable of receiving it. We are doing our own thing. We do not even know about God. It's incapable for us to receive His grace. And so they believe that God chooses us. He chooses us. Do we believe that? No. Because we've just read that as many believe, as many as believe, we don't believe that. L, limited atonement. Jesus died only for the elect. It actually makes me sick to think about that. Did our Jesus Christ die for just a few? Of course not. And we know that he didn't do that. Why? Because there are so many scriptures that talk about everybody and all. And we even see it here. Paul saying, you don't want to Jews. I'm going to the Gentiles to what? Preach grace. And it wasn't just for a few. I, irresistible of, irresist, irresistibility of grace. The elect are powerless to resist the call. Do we believe that? No. Where's our choice? From, from birth, does God decide, okay, you'll be saved? No, no, you won't be saved. And it can come thing from this destina- predestination thing. But we don't believe in that. Because we have a choice, and we have to preach the gospel, otherwise some will not hear and some will not be saved. And the last thing, final perseverance. The elect cannot lose their salvation. Do we believe that? Go on, be brave. Just jump in. Yes or no? Come on, yes, of course we believe that. When I'm saved, I'm not going to lose my salvation. And I don't have to be afraid of that. 
Oh, what about the sin unto death? Don't worry about that. That's not for you. So, this word that we read here, appointed. Some have been appointed. Those that were appointed to eternal life, they believed. That can't be that some were predestined in the crowd and they came forward because we don't believe in this tulip thing. It can't be what it seems to say, that a few or some in the crowd that were appointed to life, they received eternal life. can't be, because it doesn't fit with other scripture. We don't want to take one scripture and believe that one scripture. It's a, the whole counsel of God needs to be brought into it. And so to describe this and to understand fully what God intends for us, Remember our covenants. In the beginning, we were born, I mean, Adam was born, he had full authority over the earth. Then the devil managed to deceive the woman. And the man, the idiot, sorry Adam, but anyway, you're an idiot, he didn't, he didn't oppose his wife's eat this apple, or whatever the fruit was. He condoned her sin. And we can't go there. I'd love to talk about that. Oh, it's a wonderful romantic story if we went into that. But I'm not going to go there. I don't have time. Look at it. Then, then after the fall, um, in, in Genesis um, 126, we hear, no, before the fall, John 26, I mean uh, Genesis 26, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion. And God created man in his own image and he blessed them and he told them to fill the earth and subdue it. We were given authority and you know the story, but let's just go over it again. Then we believed a lie and that is most of what's going on in this earth. Be careful what you hear. The Palestinians, even the Jews, believe a lie. They believe a lie. And if you believe a lie, you'll act out on that lie. And look what happened to us all. We all ended up in the fall. And then, um, then God made his declaration, which was speaking about Jesus coming back, that he'll, bruise the, uh, he'll crush the devil's head. Then we go into a few covenants. The Noahic covenant with the rainbow. And God said, I will never destroy the earth by water. Note, by water. Next time will be by fire. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest will continue. In fact, just going to quickly read that in Genesis 8.21. While earth remains, sea time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and death and night, day and night shall not cease. I want to go back to, to Israel and the war in, um, the war in Ukraine. 
It doesn't matter what man wants to do. God will close this chapter. He will do it. I fully believe that he will close the age when he is ready. Not when Putin decides that he's going to destroy us all by pressing the nuclear button. Or anything else. All the Muslims in the world can rise up and slaughter everyone they find. I'm not saying that that is a slight possibility. But even if the whole world turns against the other world and there was a whole war, it will not come to an end. So don't fear. Don't fear. We, our God, will decide when it's curtains. And when it is the end, I believe, I'm out of here. If you want to stay, that's okay. But I'm going to be out of here. And all of these godly people can fight amongst themselves and God will sort them out. But at that time, it is the time for the Jews again. The Jews will then recognize their Savior. At the moment, they don't, apart from a few. Anyway, right, we're running out of time. We go through the Abrahamic covenant, which we are all uh, can benefit from. And we'll just jump to um, Galatians. This is such a wonderful scripture. Galatians 3.29. I didn't put it up on the board because I want you to look it up yourselves. 3.29, which says, And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed. Am I a Jew? No, that's the inheritance according to the flesh. But we are the inheritance of Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That's so wonderful for me. Every promise in the Bible that was given to Abraham is for me and is for you. Isn't that exciting? So, are we in Christ? We know that Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that, and we should all know this off by heart, that if you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You shall be saved. We are all saved here, I hope. And if you're not, please come and see me afterwards. I'd like to introduce you to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I had such a sense during the praise and worship. You know, this is not a religious activity. This is real. Jesus is real. Jesus is inhabiting our praise and he is real. And thank you for those words um, earlier in the worship. It was so, so good. So online. Now, the NIV translators did us a big disservice in that they translated um, Lord, especially in the Old Testament, as Sovereign Lord. And many of us bought into this thing that God is sovereign, therefore everything that happens is under His watch, and He ticks it off. Nothing happens to you without God approving it. There's a problem with that. 
And it leads us, that one wrong thought leads us into bad thinking. James 4.7 says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he has to flee from you. But it's submit to God. Submit to what he says, the devil has to flee. God delegated authority to us. Jesus brought it back for us. And then he says, all authority in heaven and earth is being given to me, Matthew 28, is being given to us. Therefore, go. We have his authority. Everything in this earth doesn't have God's endorsement. If you think so, and God is in control of everything all the time, then what on earth are you going to make of Israel? However, you, How are you going to deal with that? God has given us authority. He has told us to go. Therefore, he instructs us to preach the gospel. Give people the word so that they can change. God is not going to do that. Are any angels going to preach the gospel? No. Yes, in the Muslim world, a few people have had visions of, of angels. But what do they do? They direct them to the carrier of light. Us, the Christians. We are the carrier of light. So please don't think that everything we see is God has endorsed it. Because what will we do? We'll become passive. We'll become like a Calvinist who doesn't have to do anything. Why bother preaching? Why bother doing anything? Because God's ordained that you're going to be saved and you're going to be saved. And sorry for you, David. Yo. It's too late. Yeah, it's too late for you, David. Sorry for that. You've got a ticket. I know. We all have. But it creeps into many things that we actually don't... We get mucked up in our thinking because we think God is sovereign. Now what we're going to do for the, for the last few minutes is I've got some questions for you.